0: for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. I think I might just come down. Is that okay if I come down? Because I'm going to wander. All good, I can do it, no problems. I'm not that mature, so to speak. (laughs) Thank you for the introduction. I'm feeling loved and uh, deeply appreciated, and I actually always enjoy coming to Monash. I was coming last year, by the way, but Steve um, bumped me. Uh, not really. Uh, we just couldn't find a, a mutual date because I fill my calendar up like the year before, etc. And what we're trying to work out. But it's always good to be here. But then you get a double dose because I'm back in about five weeks. Oh gosh, that's going to be too much. Overdose. No, it's really good, and and tonight. I was was talking to Steve just, um, I think it was on Friday when we were just talking about the services. I just want to give God a bit of space. That's why I have my wonderful friend up there playing. And you play the keys beautifully. Yeah, You look fantastic, but you play the keys beautifully. So, And uh, great words. Can I say great words? I'm loving that. Just get your scripture ready that you read out before. Okay, just go to 2 Corinthians 9 uh, verse 8. Just stay there. And... Philippians 4, hang on to that for me, Philippians 4, verse 6, if you can just hang on to that. Because I really want to, um, you know, we've got presents coming up in April, which would be wonderful. Um, and I'm not sure if you would have, may have gone, some of you may have gone, Pastor Phil here, was here recently. And you actually notice that there has been sort of a, we've, we've traveled around and we're coming back and really seeing the presence of God back on the radar. One of our distinctives, as a movement has always been is giving room for the Holy Spirit. And it's one of the things I, I was saved in the supernatural power of God. I encountered that. That changed my life. And I am a big fan of bringing the Word, but also to giving God the space to actually do what He needs to do in those moments. The day the church squeezes God out to get through the stuff, it's a very sad day. But I am confident, even just as being in C3, We were around, we joined the movement when it was like about 90 people. It wasn't a movement there, by the way. It was at a little church called Northside Christian Centre. And of some blonde, good-looking guy out there with a blonde, good-looking woman up there alongside him. But then there was a blonde, curly-haired guy like myself, coming, which you obviously cannot see. You'll have to look at the old photos and a beautiful, dark-haired woman alongside me, Tahitian woman, my wife. We rocked up and the first thing that caught me was the presence and the power of God is here. Not by what was said, it's what was taking place in the meeting. And that is something very precious. I'd love you just to close your your eyes. And Lord, I just thank you that we can gather in the morning, the evening, come around and celebrating our relationship with you, giving you worship. Worship is bringing honor back to you, acknowledging you as a Lord and head of our life being able to have the opportunity to give. It's just a a small means and method of showing just a token of our appreciation of how much you have done for us. To be able to celebrate by taking communion, to really remember, to really remember what you have done and the great price that you have paid for us. And Father, I pray that This evening, as we just travel through this time, we don't get caught on a word or a message or thought of tomorrow. We're caught on an encounter with you. And Lord, if we can just open our hearts and stand in a position of readiness, everything's possible. And Father, in Jesus' mighty name, the name in which everything bows down, Every situation. Sickness. Impossible means a relational breakdown being reconciled. Whatever it may be, financial. Whatever it may be. Nothing is impossible for our God. And tonight, we ignite within us a belief, a faith, which says, yes, and amen. And in Jesus' mighty name, I pray that what we cannot do, we, Father, say, you have permission. Why? Because we open our hearts, our faith, our expectancy that our God can, in Jesus' name. It's always just living in a position of readiness and preparedness And tonight I just want to talk about, I'm just going to pray for people and speak, etc. I want to just talk about the simple promises of God, which we have forgotten sometimes. And it is a scripture which I'll read out to you, which is, is really the beginning and the end of what it's all about. It comes from 2 Corinthians 1, verse 18 and 20. It says, But as surely as God is faithful, Our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached to you among whom I went about with Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in Him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. There's something that we read there and as we do read that scripture we like to take it on board that yes amen come on god you can do it and sometimes we get into the mindset that god says yes and we leave we stop at the yes but it's a yes and amen jesus says yes but we must say amen which i agree with you and we also understand by reading scripture in matthew that It's very powerful. And so often we we understand the power of prayer, but it says where two or more are gathered and agree in prayer, there shall Jesus be. When Jesus turns up, the miracles happen. But agreement precedes prayer. And sometimes we're off on a tangent on one point and forget the other. God can do it, yes, but we have to agree. Amen. We have to pray, my word, but you have to be in agreement before you pray. There's a lot in there. So often we get half of what God is offering. I want tonight, for every single one of you, to not get half the picture, but get the complete picture, for God has promised. He says yes, but you say amen. No, I don't I don't know. I'm up for that. I'm not sure. Well, why not? What was dandy, was it? Just, can you read out verse 8 for me? Uh, verse 8, the one that, Is organized, he just has too many scriptures. Yes, so, it's coming. It's the one that I, 2nd Corinthians 9, verse 8. That's right. And God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Another translation says, Let all grace abound to you. Get ready. The grace in which Your mother spoke a word over you through that scripture is something which has resonated in you far longer than you can even recall. And tonight is not a moment of preaching or giving a message, even though the preparation and the preparedness and, oh, Lord, how's it going to go scenario? It was a life message for you. And let me tell you, the grace which you talk about is now something that you embrace. Let me tell you this, it is not grace for you alone. It is grace for your family and beyond. It is grace that will be given, which will usher in a means and a method and a way forward for those who do not know Him. Be prepared to offer grace. Where others say, grace should not be given. Grace is totally unconditional. Forgiveness is a method that you have to embrace to get over something but grace goes I'm beyond that grace is far bigger than even forgiveness but you need forgiveness you know that grace is something that your mother spoke through scripture I love the scripture which comes in in Timothy and I spoke about this this morning when Paul says you know the the same gift the same breath that lived in you the same gift the same faith that lived in your uh, your mother uh, grandmother Lois and Eunice your mother, in all, all of this, that same gift is in you. Your mother spoke it into being in your life. But it's something not just for you alone. It's something that will be offered to others. And let me tell you, as you walk away, even tonight, and even as you pray and thank the Lord, that thank you for your grace, but that grace in which you have given to me, Lord, I shall give to others in Jesus' name. And watch how people who seem to be so far from Christ Suddenly turned because of your offer of grace. It starts with a yes, but it is an agreement and the amen. I go straight away to the most learned scholar in the room. Thank you very much. For all the promises of God, how many promises are in the Bible? Lots. Correct. I think she's right on the money. Man, you're on the money tonight. I feel the Lord is moving powerfully upon you. How many do you think Ames? A lot. That's great. So I think if we get enough loss, we might actually eventually get there. Of course. How many promises? Okay, let me ask here. Pause. Are there more commands or more promises in the Word of God? More promises. Correct. Correct. The word of the Lord is coming to you with that number. There it is. Yes, you are right. 5,467. 5,467. Oh, incredible. The word of the Lord was moving in his spirit. I felt that. Not really, but thank you, my learned scholar friend. That's a lot of promises. And a lot of times we... We're going, oh, I haven't seen any problem." You've got 5,467 to choose. Hello. How many ca- commands are there in the Bible? How many? Ten. <laughs> Maybe a couple more. I, I reckon it's better going with lots. <laughs> lots is a better option. 1,663. That is literally... There are more promises than commands, literally by three quarters more promises than commands, and so often people view the Bible. There's a whole lot of commands. Question here. There's another learned scholar just arrived. Thank you very much. I love that. I felt the love as soon as you sat down. Are there more commands in the Old Testament or in the New Testament? New Testament fascinating there's about 661 or something like that there's 10 1050 something in the new testament interesting isn't it because we all think oh the old command is attached to the old no commands are things in which give you guides to walk down but promises are while you're walking down the commands there's a lot of things along the way so don't let a day go by and i don't want us tonight to finish this service and go home and say oh that was all right i guess Everything worked out. Are you hanging on to his hand because he's going to run away? I don't think so. You've got him. Attached wonderfully well. I'd love you both to stand up. Close your eyes. I believe the Lord wants to give you something. I believe the Lord wants to give you both something in which you have been prayerfully praying about and believing for and he wants to give to you for that which you have believed. And in Jesus' name. It may start in a prayer, but it will lead to a promise. And the promise in itself is something which you, Lord, see the value, the beauty, and the greatness within. And I pray that you shall reveal, but you shall give to them in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm getting a nice little touch. Thank you very much for that. It's getting a nice touch. Thank you. Fascinating. There's a lot of promises. And most of the times when I even first started thinking about that, I thought, I wonder how many promises are in the Bible. You know, And suddenly you're like, oh, may be, well, maybe a good dozen. thousands of them. Fascinating. A lot more than we can ever, ever use. But a lot of us will never see 5,467 ever come to pass. Why? Because probably number one, we didn't realize there's that many. Number two is, we're still trying to just get one to work. Correct? It's the amen we've got to embrace. I'll probably preach this message. What I spoke on this morning, a couple of weeks Because I think it is something we have to revolutionize again and fan into flame in our spirit, our faith. And stop expecting everyone else to bring it, but for us to actually start to bring it home. The promises of God are there for good reason. The promises of God are many and they are freely available to us. Fascinating when we talk about the promises of God. The very first promise was made. I love this because this is really helpful for people. Good leading, by the way, there, Christy. Good leading. What was the first promise made to Abraham? You're not wrong. I'm not going. I'm not putting the mic near her, just in case. The first promise in itself is really comes out of Genesis 15, which is simply, uh, "You don't have a child, but come outside, Abe, and I want to show you the possibility." Not a, hes after one. God shows him the multitudes of the possibility, more stars than he could even count. Incredible. You see, we're looking for one. And there are millions. And we're still trying to manage the one out of the 5,467. I'm believing that this whole service, this afternoon praying, just coming here, I'm believing that people are going to pick up a promise. They're going to stand on that promise and they're going to see it come to pass. And they're not going to go, oh, it doesn't matter. And please don't give me this one. It's the will of God. Oh, we can have a theological debate on that one. Oh, it's just the will of God. No, we use that as a limp way to get away because the promise hasn't come to pass. Please don't use it. The will of God is actually being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing before the Lord. That's the will of God. You go and read about it. It's in the Bible. It says it pretty clearly. 1 Thessalonians said there says like the will of God is that you don't basically go and have sex with somebody, murder somebody, or obvious stuff, the general stuff, the things you need to stay on the right path and track, stay away from. And so often we get stuck on that, but we use the will of God as an easy, light way to move away from a promise in which we have been believing. So we don't get disappointed. Can I tell you? Maturity is standing on a promise, irrespective of the time. The promise was made to Abraham. Genesis 15. You can read all about that promise when he says, look, there it is. And and I'm giving you a land. I love this. I'm giving you a land filled with a whole lot of people. Perizzites, Canaanites, you name them. They're all there. Marmites, a whole lot of there. Veggies are in there, the veggie mites, the peanut butter mites, they're all in this land. I find that fascinating in itself. God's giving you a promised land and a place and a position, and other people are in it. Fascinating. Understand this the first promise about a promised land comes to Mo 430 years after it's given to Abraham. Oh, don't want to disappoint you. I don't think many of us are going to get the 4.30, but the promises of God never change, irrespective of time. Don't box God because of time, please. Release God. My wonderful friends who have been around forever and a day, sorry, you may stand up. We've all matured gracefully together, both of you, thank you. Uh, You know, when I look out there and I said to the Lord just this afternoon, I said, just show me the couple there. Just identify the couple. Hello. There they are. Those that embrace promise, those that have offered promise, those have given so much the promise is not limited, shall not be limited. And for that which you expect and believe shall come to pass. And for that which you stand shall come to pass. And for that which you pray with others shall come to pass. And today you shall drive a stake into the ground, making your claim. This is what we stand on, irrespective of what we see or how long in Jesus' name. And you shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that means you're going to see it in your lifetime. There's no popping out early. In Jesus' name. 430 years. Mo gets a a bit of a dose. He's been running from God for 40. He's on the mountain. When he's on the mountain, he does what a lot of us do. On the mountain, he's, he's on the mountain. He's, Still doing the job, he's shepherding the sheep, he's still around church, he's hanging around Mount Horeb, the, the house of God, church, he's still around. He's not believing, he's given up. He's not believing any things which was written about Abraham, he's not believing anything, he's still living in 40 years disappointment. Can I tell you the disappointments of things that haven't come to pass can basically box your future? Disappointments and offense are the two things, two sandals in which people wear today in the house of God. Oh, it just hasn't happened. Someone said something, I'm offended. You can't do that. You've heard, I preached this message here. If you haven't heard it, tough luck. Sorry. Um, that means go and listen on an iPodcast. It was probably too long It was probably about 30 years ago. I don't know. But the whole thing is that Abr- uh, Mo was on the mountain and he was there with his disappointment of 40 years earlier still. But God hadn't given up on him. Hadn't given up on him, hadn't given up on Abraham, the promise which he gave to Abraham. Abraham's not alive. Nothing's changed in his kingdom, his thinking or his purpose. Mo rocks along and as he rocks along there, he he has this encounter with God and he sees a burning bush and I love this because he sees a burning bush and he does what all of us do and I hope tonight it's a burning bush moment and we go, wow, wow, I ain't seen one of those before. Wow, a burning bush that ain't burning. I ain't seen any of those before. Right then was a moment. Right now is a moment for every single one of you. You can go, wow, and go home, nothing changes. Don't go have wow moments. When you see a wow moment, walk towards it. He goes, wow, takes one step, then God speaks. Love it. And he doesn't just speak of, he says, hey, Mo, take off your disappointments. Sandals on the disappointment. Great message. Anyway, take them off. But then he goes straight on to, oh, yeah. I just want to go back to a promise I made to Abraham 430 years before. And I want you to actually continue it on because it's still alive. See, promises don't die. When they're offered 5,467, they never die. They're always available. I love that. He gets and he goes, I want you to go to a land of, with milk and honey. I love that term, milk and honey. Incredible. You know, the land filled with Canaanites, Perizzites, Martimites, Vegemites, etc. A whole lot. They're all there. And may goes, okay. He embraces it. He gets rid of the stuff, the disappointment. Releases God's voice. God's voice reminds him of promises, promised. He embraces it. But he says... God added something here which is, which I find fascinating when he said to Moses, he said, Mo, it is a, a land with milk and honey. An interesting term. Does anyone know what that is? I see that hand. <laughs> yeah, Woolworths, that's what I thought. <laughs> Straight away when I saw that, Woolworths, got to be Woolworths for sure. He's talking about woolies or coals, specials, you know. <laughs> God just got slightly distracted. <laughs> No, he says, a land flowing with milk and honey. But you've got to think like this. You've got to remind yourself, milk and honey. And, and like, I think like that, straight away, Narrabeen, uh, milk and honey. Uh, milk down the end, the cold part of the store. Even in summer, it's freezing. You get your milk and get out of there. Or you get the flu. And you walk up lane or aisles three, and there is honey. And you get that, and you go to the checkout, and you go home. That's how I view that. Milk and honey is, by reference to the culture and to the Jewish culture, is that it is a place where reproductive ability is beyond understanding or measure. It's uncontainable. That just doesn't mean having 30,000 children or millions, which they were to become, but it basically means that fertility is not a problem, no matter what. And it's the seed, which we heard, the seed of faith, of believing, the seed are you planting... But then you've got to quickly think, where does milk come from? Oh, milk comes from cows. That's interesting. Oh, that's good. Okay. And honey, bees. Oh, yeah. Not of course, No. Okay. Oh, that's, that's, thank you, Pastor Greg. That's incredibly enlightening. Amazing. I feel so enlightened by that. Got to understand where there's cows, there's bulls. And guess what? Bulls don't want to give it up. They're little cheeky babes. Those cows are his, not yours. And you're going to have to contend and become like a matador. Able to move around. Can I tell you? To take the land, the promise in which is before you, you're going to have to contend with, we've heard, even here, we have to stand in our position, learn how to dance. Not dance to escape dance to avoid but also claim the matador is theatrical but he'll actually achieve his goal and that is to take out the bull our position is not to be theatrical on a sunday it's to take out the enemy for having the victory over our lives and everyone that comes into the house of god the promise was that there are and there will be a contending to the promise that you had before you The devil doesn't want you to get one of the 5,467 promises. What about honey? Well, it just comes out of the honey tree, out of a hive. But who's hanging around? I don't know if you've ever gone over to a a nest of bees. I'm pretty sure you don't go over there. Just like, oh, just going to get some honey. No, you go prepared. Number one, you have to contend with the enemy. That is prayer, standing together and fighting, claiming what is rightfully yours. You will have to as well, going well prepared. What's that about? Putting on the full armor of gold. What is it? Otherwise, you're going to look like a pincushion trying to get the honey. Fascinating because we are our land with milk and honey. We'll make a song out of that. No, it's a place where you're going to have to contend if you want your land. 430 years takes a long time. Number one, you're going to have to stand and fight against the devil who says, I don't want you to get one. Because if you get one, that means you might get two. And if you get two, you might get three. And if you start getting a few like that, other people get the idea like, this thing works. Correct. The devil knows if he can't take your salvation, prevent you getting your healing, a reconciliation, your breakthrough, your freedom. He knows that happens. He's happy for churches to be open on Sunday. Nothing happens. That's not what we're about. We believe with the Jesus says to us, yes. And we go, yes and amen. I'm believing that and standing on that word. I love it. And then in all of that, you're standing your ground. You're believing. You're pushing through the time element. I am unmoved by time. But I am going to wait and see the fulfillment of the promise in which I have been believing and standing on. I am going to, you know what? The devil's not going to rip me off any longer. I'm going to stand and fight against everything that he tries to get in the way, and he's coming down. Why? Because everything must bow down, even him, at the name of Jesus. And I tell you what, I'm not going to go in blind in this. I'm going to put on the full armor of God, so that I will not look like a pincushion at the end of this promise. And I can claim the rightful land that is mine. Fascinating because 430 years from Abraham to Moses. A further 40 years of getting everyone, everyone mobile. So where are we up to now? We're up to 470. Then they get in the land. It takes them another 10 years incredible and so often we have adopted type Christianity healings occur more and I've seen by praying with people not on the basis they are healed immediately but the healing begins the body goes through a natural process of healing doesn't heal overnight it heals over a period of time power of God through healing Miracles who happen, boom! There they are, boom, 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 boom. There are more healings than there are miracles. Why? Because it takes longer and more faith to achieve. I want people to get healed. Does anyone need to get healed here tonight? Anyone? No. A few people. Oh, a couple more. Anyone else? When we start to think about, it, oh yeah, oh I've got that thing. Yeah, I've got that as well. Yeah, we actually start to think. We're going to stand with you. We're all going to stand with you at the close of this service and believe that. Healing begins. And if I come back in five weeks, some of you might say, hey, I got it. Are you just saying that because it's the right thing? No, I've got to come back in five weeks. I can't run away for a year. But I believe things are going to change in your life. Relationally, where relationships are broken down, things are going to change. 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 Things will change. They get into the promised land. What have they got to do for 10 years? They're contain, contending with the Canaanites. Rapidly going through this because I want to pray with some people. 470 years they've pushed through. They've contended. They've stood. They've spoken the word. They've stood against the, every onslaught of the devil. They've put on the full armor of God to be able to go and embrace that which has been promised to them. Now they're in the land, they're contending with those who have claimed your rightful land, your rightful promise. Who are they? The Canaanites. Who are they? The Canaanites are those that subdue and oppress. You see, we're going to have to contend with oppressive thoughts. There are thoughts that will come into your mind, which tries to crush your spirit, reduce and remove your faith that God is good and God is interested. You see, the devil tries everything within there. But can I tell you, a lot of the time, it's not even the devil. It's our upbringing or our poor understanding of truly what is theologically correct. And we go to a weak Christianity. Oh, it doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter. My message these days is, "Well, well, believe God. I go, no, that's enough. Things need to change. For all of us. We need to make a stand People will not be able to, this place will not be able to contain the people when God starts to move in His people, when things happen. But it's not because of the visiting minister, it's because of the people embracing the promises and saying yes, no, going amen. Because we know the yeses every Sunday. Faithfully, yes is the word, faithfully. And we go, oh, amen, but we don't believe it. Well, we just go wow and walk away. I want you tonight to not walk away and not just have a wow moment but step and walk towards it and see what God does. Well what about if it doesn't happen tonight? Haven't you heard me? 470 years! 480! And then you're battling for those 10 years your thoughts. Bring change. We're going to change thinking here tonight. People are going to Healing will begin and thoughts shall be changed. We're going to break the power of oppressive thoughts that come over your mind, over your head. Hittites, what's that about? Those that produce fear, overwhelming fear. Do you know 85% of fears that you have, they're unrealistic. They're not even real. 15 may, but sometimes we get overwhelmed by those things which will never take place. The Amorites, who are those? Those embittered. You've got to let some of that stuff go. The, this is who the Israelites had to contend with. They had to contend with fear, those that produce fear upon them to get victory over them. Ten years of battling these things. I don't want ten years. I'd rather just one moment in the presence of God tonight to bring the change, to break the power of the Canaanite, the power of the Hittite. The Perizzites, who are those? Those who have small thinking. Oh, if it happens, that'll be nice. Oh, it doesn't really matter. It does matter. Don't be a parasite. Hivite. What is a hivite? Those who never, ever are nomadic people, who never really planted and claimed any, any territory. They were just traveling through the land at that time. Fascinating. But they were ones which had to be overcome. If you don't get planted, nothing changes. Pot plant living reduces height, potential, and fruitfulness getting planted in the house of God. I'm pretty sure that says that in the the scriptures. The last talks about Jebusites and it's really those with negative thinking, fatalistic thinking. I want to just shift your minds here tonight. Oh, Pastor Greg, can you give me a word? No. Not that I don't love you. I'll be back in five weeks. We might do something different. What I feel tonight, it's not what I do. It's what you do. And what I've said in claiming the promises, your land, for which God has marked out for you, and start to pick up some of the 5,467 promises and see what happens. Isn't that right? Stand up, please. While you're there, I'll bring your phone and your Scripture, please. I'm going to draw the the service to a close in just a moment. Next time, I'm going to spend a bit more time. Well, no, that's what I think. (laughs) I have learned over the years: don't do what you think, Greg. Do what God wants to do on the moment. So I'm very obedient to those things. So I can't make a promise. I'll make a suggestion. But I'd like this to be the beginning, that even in five weeks' time, we step into another arena of supernatural opportunity. Why? Because we ignite something on the inside of us. That is what, you know, I'm going to start believing those promises. What have you put down? What were you believing that, ah, so long ago? I mentioned this morning, wouldn't it be a sad day if we got to heaven and we got up there and the Lord goes, hey, Greg, so good to see you. And you're like, yeah, Lord. So good. Lord said, yep, yep. A few times I was a bit worried. (laughs) So was I. He said, but you made it. Yeah, I got here." And you get up there and what happens? Got a few questions. Has anyone got any questions to ask the Lord? Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of books. You know, I just wanted to ask about that prayer I was praying and standing and believing on. It was about this area. He goes, oh, yeah, love that prayer, love that prayer, you prayed it 139 times, Ooh, that many, Ooh, that's amazing, I didn't think I prayed that many, yeah, yeah, 141, what do you mean, oh you yeah, know, all you need to do is push on two more, you mean I missed it by two, wouldn't that be sad, what about that one? Oh, that wasn't a big one, that was only 52, where'd you stop, oh, you didn't really get started, you understand what I'm saying? We have this weak mentality that we don't push on or push through. And the promised land didn't happen overnight. It took a long time. It took years, but it took a consistency and a reminding and a pushing through and putting on the armour of God and realising the devil's opposing and you're not going to do that anymore. You're under my feet and I'm taking control. And I'm starting to believe God's going to be in the business of bringing the promises to pass in Jesus' name. Anyone with me? Come up here, you. O wise one, she'll be fine. If you fall down, it's your fault. So saith the Lord. I love your scripture. I love you, what you're talking about, all of this, and I, the wonderful part and the thankfulness. I love that. What I felt so clearly was the scripture I gave you, in Philippians four verse six, where it says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and petition." and thanksgiving make your request known to God and he shall and he will give there shall be a peace un able to be understood given why am i saying that to you for a reason but it's not just yours you touched on something that is a word for everybody and for this house here tonight Pastor Stephen and Deb for this house and it is to give life and birth again to the power of thankfulness and not just so be it thankful, irrespective, being thankful in all circumstances. Be anxious for nothing but in all things through prayer and perdition. Again, be thankful allow your thanksgiving to be known unto God and then the release occurs. That's what is on your life. That will be in your family. That will be in your future. But that is what you will deliver to others. You shall embrace and impart a greatness of thankfulness which shall release those that hear the words which come through your life. Will you need to utter the word thankful? No, because it becomes a part of the fabric of who you are. And that thankfulness shall unlock a supernatural dynamic in the kingdom to those in need, and you shall bring His power, you shall bring His deliverance, you shall bring His ability, in Jesus' name, amen, no more needs to be said, you may be seated in Jesus' name, thank you for thinking of her. There's a few hands there clapping, I'm feeling the love, but not for me, but obviously that is thankfulness unto the Lord coming to a close why don't we close our eyes right now i do this in every service because i wouldn't preach if i didn't believe in this i don't want to preach for the sake of preaching i know my voice is wonderful and i can be quite enamored by it not at all i preach because i believe it's the message of what the message is about and that is all may find a relationship with the living loving god his name is Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask right now, maybe you've come to the service and you've never made a decision and asked Jesus to step into your life. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not to me, but to him. Or maybe you have. And for whatever reason, you've got disconnected like good old Mo, got disappointed along the way. You lost that connection. I don't know, but he knows exactly where you are. But I want to give every person this opportunity here this evening. If you've never known Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or if you have and you have stepped away from that relationship, I would love you simply to say, Greg, I'm going to raise my hand and say, Jesus, I want to connect with you the way I know is the right way forward for my life. In Jesus' name. So if there's anyone right now, I want you to lift your hand and say, Pastor Greg, that's me. Just lift your hand, not to me, but to Him, and simply say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to get connected the right way here this evening. In Jesus' name. I will not delay this, but that is your decision. I feel there is one person just wondering whether you should. Can I tell you? Never wonder. Always know and be assured. If that is you, just raise your hand very quickly. And that raising of your hand will acknowledge Him as the Lord of your life, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to pray. I don't want every single person here today that maybe there is a promise, whether it may be a healing, maybe it's financial, maybe it's relationship, whatever it may be, business related, I don't know, but whatever it may be, I want you to embrace that promise again. I want you to say, let it begin. Let my miracle, let my healing begin tonight. I want you to believe that family members, people are getting reconciled, coming to Christ, coming into the house of God. Let your miracle, let your healing, let your opportunity be embraced here tonight. Simply because you acknowledge and say not just yes, but the amen and agree that it shall come to pass. In Jesus' name. Visualize that which you want to see, that healing, that financial release, that relationship restored. See it. Now stand on it. Now embrace it. Now believe it. And Father, we hear this evening as we draw to a close, Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that again, irrespective of time, irrespective of opposition, irrespective of challenge, we stand firm and believe that the promises of a God are yes and amen. And we take our part in agreeing with you here today. And we simply say, amen. Amen. My promise. By healing. That relationship restored, that financial release, begins tonight. And in the mighty name of Jesus, we stand in agreement here this evening and we all say, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless your church. Thank you very much.